Welcome to Election Profit Makers, your guide to winning and losing money full stop. My name's David. I'm joined by, with, um, uh, by, with, oh boy, is it joined with? Joined by. By. Let's go with by. I'm David, and I'm here with my two co-hosts, Starly. Hello, Starly. Hi. And also, I'm here with John. Hi, John. Hey. Tan, rested, and ready to rock. We took last week off. We got a last-minute invite. One of our fans, Heidi, offered us a little travel package down to Cancun, Mexico. So we went for some well-deserved R&R. Is that joke a hot topical joke I can still make? Yeah. Stayed at the Ritz. Met up with some friends on our group text thread. Mm-hmm. A couple of nice families that we know from the Texas community. Unfortunately, one member of our party got in a little bit of hot water, and I don't mean the burbling hot tub at the Ritz. Rather, his uh, the optics of his joining us were uh, problematic, and he had to return early, which meant that John and I didn't have to share a bed for the second half of our trip, which was nice. It was especially problematic that he got in hot water, considering— You're, A lot of people probably could have been like, you know what, I'll take some hot water right about now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I, I get it. I got that. Another fatality from the cutting rapier wit of the election profit makers. Ted Cruz, your nightmare of comeuppance has only just begun. For now, you find yourself in the hot, the crosshairs of the microphone assassins, John Starley and David, the take-no-prisoners hosts of the drive-time radio kill killmongers, the election profit makers. Ted Cruz, you should quit your job. Yes. All right. We are back. We hope you all enjoyed last week's special Patreon episode about Lonely in Space, which we posted uh, in lieu of a breaking episode. We hope it will entice some of you to join our Patreon, where episodes like that are released at least once a month. I would say to everyone who heeded my call about recommendations for existential space movies, thank you for recommending the movie High Life. I have already seen it. Did I enjoy it? Not really. That was kind of a tough watch. Maybe that's just the pandemic talking. But anyway, uh, thanks to everyone who recommended High Life. And thanks to everyone who has joined our Patreon to help us create this podcast. Patreon.com slash election profit makers. Turning now to latest news. Uh, John and Starleap, there's been a lot happening recently. Shall we dive in? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Today is Monday, the 1st of March, and I am mere moments away from losing a sizable investment on who will be the Attorney General of the United States on March 1st. Kid Midas, the original wave rider, dazzled by the celebrity name recognition and Q ratings of Merrick Garland, decided that was a safe bet. He is now officially $156 underwater. Thank you for nothing, Merrick Garland. Is it possible that you can... Is there, is there any percentage of possibility that you're going to not lose money by tomorrow? I think there is a 0% possibility that I will not lose this money by midnight of tonight. Have they adjourned for the day? Have they adjourned for the day? I don't think they have. Hmm. Let's see. It's 6.47 p.m. Washington, D.C. time. If I could get some last-minute postcards in the mail, we might have a chance to pull this off. Let's see what we got here. Hold on. Searching the news for Merrick Garland. Oh, God. If you have to search, that's really not looking good for your $157. The Senate Judiciary Committee has voted on Monday to advance the nomination of Merrick Garland. The committee voted 15 to 7 in favor of Garland's nomination at a meeting on Monday afternoon. So we're at, we're at, we're at advancing. 
We, we instead of confirming, you got advancing. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Which is not good enough. As anyone who watched Golden Globe winning uh, drama The Queen's Gambit knows, advancing and confirming are two entirely different chess strategies. Is that true? Did that win a Golden Globe? Golden Globes were last night, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, it did. It won. Well, I feel like The Crown versus Queen's Gambit is advancing versus confirming. Whoa. Yeah, you're right. I haven't seen The Crown. By order of Her Majesty the Queen, I hereby confirm you as Prince of Sussex and Hertfordshire. Be well, young lad, and remember your architectural heritage. I shall, my lady, for I am Prince Charles and I like old buildings. That's my impression of the crown. John, I want to talk to you about something that happened last night at CPAC, which is a real razzle-dazzle, root-em-tootem, knock-em-down celebration of conservative values and good old-fashioned American normality. Former President mm-hmm. Donald J. Trump gave a speech at CPAC. What is your verdict of Trump's speech? Will he be the 2024 GOP presidential nomination because we want to invest in this market early? Well, it was it was a lot of the stuff that he always does. No fucking um, way. He did tease the idea that he would run in 2024, and his price on um, predicted, I think, got up to like 33 cents at one point that he would be the nominee in 2024. But after rambling for like another hour, it uh, went back down to about 25 cents. Do you guys think he's going to run? <laughs> This is what I will say about why well, I, I didn't watch the entire speech, but I saw a snippet. It was awful. But he, well, really? From him? Yeah. <laughs> yes. He looked, in what I saw, he looked upsettingly healthy. <laughs> Hale and hearty and rested, just like us. Mm. He, he, he looked, yeah, he, he was kind of glowing. He looked like he was kind of glowing. And that worries me. The reason I bring this up is because... Normally, I would say in both Biden and Trump's case, the age factor alone in four years, you just don't, it's hard to predict the health of people at this age four years from now. And But Trump, his, he's disgusting. He's completely repulsive. But his, like, physical stamina always worries me. He does have energy. Let's remember yes. President Trump outlived his own personal physician, and it was that physician who said unequivocally, if elected, President Trump will be the healthiest man to ever hold the office of President of the United States. And we all rolled our eyes and said, oh boy, oh boy, I wonder who wrote that doctor's statement. I wonder if his name rhymes with Fronald Frump. Aren't we clever? And then look at him now, better than ever, looking good on the golf course. Maybe he'll outlive us all. You know, you know probably why he looks so good? He's been off Twitter. <laughs> we, pro- we could probably all yeah. look that good, right? Yep. We could probably all look that good. If we put down these vices, clean living. Fresh, clean living. You don't stop. John, what do you think? Is he going to run in 2024? Is this price unpredicted a good value? 25 cents yes, 76 cents no? I don't think he's going to run. I, I Am I buying no at this price? No, I'm not buying at, uh, no at this price. But I, I, I don't think he's going to run because I, and I'm not saying he's going to go to jail, but I just think he's going to get really uh, run down by all the lawsuits and the money he's going to have to spend uh, defending himself. And... I think he'll keep teasing and keep the field frozen. Uh, but in the end, I don't think he runs. That's how I feel today. I mean, we have so many years of going back and forth on this. Right, too, on, right, exactly. How many times do I want to be wrong? 
I have to ration out my takes. Yeah. How did it feel to you guys to see him again? See, I didn't see him. I listened on C-SPAN radio app. Then you didn't get to see the glow, the evil glow. I didn't get to see the glow. And I find that it's easier to listen to him than to have to see him. So that, that, that makes me sad that he looked so good. He doesn't look good. I want to be very clear here. There's no one I'm more repulsed by, but he looked hot. <laughs> he looked healthy, vital, vital. It didn't seem off the table, and I don't quite know what else is going to stop him. So there was a straw poll, and I, I don't have the results in front of me, but uh, was it something like two thirds of the people were? for him being the nominee in 2024. I think the CPAC straw poll of 2024 favorites, I think Trump had 55%. Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, which is where the conference held, came in second, but was many points behind Trump. But I did think it was interesting, or at least people on Twitter were telling me to think it's interesting, that something like a third of the people there did not want Trump to run again. So I don't know. I don't know what this portends for Trump's chances to be the 2024 GOP nominee. But I kind of want to buy no at 76 and then sell whenever the first heavy indictment drops out of New York State. Do you think that's a good idea? I can't imagine he's going to go any higher than 30 cents. So if you were to buy no at this point, you're not going to lose much money. So, yeah, I think that's not a bad idea. All right, I'm buying 250 shares of no at 76 cents, and hopefully I'll be able to, I know. I mean, after this Merrick Garland catastrophe, it's like, what is money? Who cares? (laughs) What is food? What is health insurance, right? Made up money, the stuff of my dreams, or is it my nightmare? I can't keep it straight. Is money good or bad? Happy or sad? What is money? Tell me now. Right to contact at electionprofitmakers.com with the best, most mm-hmm. comprehensive one-sentence description of what money is. If we read your answer on the air, we will literally send you a as-of-yet undetermined amount of money. That's listener engagement. Do you guys think that who, who the Republicans are going to run, if it's not Trump, is going to be an existing contender or like a new Someone we haven't Republican heard of superstar? yet, right? Yeah. Yeah. I know who it's going to be. You do? It's not going to be Cruz. It's not going to be Holly. It's not going to be Nikki Haley. But it is going to be a woman. The gun. No, no. Gun gun lady. No, 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 no. Calamity Jane. <laughs> no, it's not Marjorie Taylor uh, Green. Okay. It is going to be the governor of South Dakota. Christy Nome. Because she has the look. She's trading at 10 cents right now. She's in fourth place here among these potential nominees. So, John, if you really believe that, you could make a huge 90% return. No, not a 90, a 900% return. Yeah, I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy her. And um, I think if it's not her, then it's going to be that Trump ran. I, I just can't see it being anyone else. I can't see it being Tom Cotton or some unknown that we don't know about right now. It seems like it's going to be one in that field. I mean, could it be DeSantis? He's so boring and just sort of bleh. But maybe it could be him. They obvi- I mean, they obviously have him in second place right now. Mike Pompeo, former Secretary of State under President Trump, currently trading at three cents among these candidates. 
spoke at CPAC. I think he's trying to make a name for himself. He had one of the greatest zingers I've ever heard, and I was so impressed by it when I heard it on the radio this morning. I transcribed it, and I'm going to read it for you now. Once I've read this zinger, I want you to tell me if you think Mike Pompeo might just run away with this whole thing. Mike Pompeo said to the CPAC audience, when I hear Democrats say they want a strong America, I know they're actually working to undermine it, sadly. Mark my words, they're going to gut the defense budget that we worked so hard to build. They'll do it to pay for their Green New Deal. Kind of makes me mad, right? And and here's the zinger. (laughs) And I'm going to deliver it the way he delivered it, timing and everything. They're going to trade Army Green for AOC Green. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty good delivery, right? Yeah, yeah. As a, stu- as a student of stand-up comedy, you I, I can just tell I have this intuitive sense when a when a comic just kills their zinger, just crushes it and leaves everyone in the room gasping for air as they as they're doubled over in laughter at the artfulness of that zinger. Well, I gotta read let me read it again. Okay. Let me read it again. Mark Mike Pompeo, 2024 Republican nominee for president, said they're gonna trade Army Green for AOC Green. <laughs> that incredible. would be better incredible. the second time even. I mean, just because <laughs> you're like, he's going to trade the Army Green for AOC what? Green. Oh, Green New Deal, right. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to, you know what? I'm going to put my money where my mouth is because this is what this podcast is all about. And I just want to have fun. And I'm excited because I just realized that money is fake. I'm buying 100 damn shares of Mike Pompeo being the 2024 GOP nominee for president. And if it happens, it's because of that classic zinger. They're going to trade Army Green for AOC Green. And there you go. The money is spent. All right. Wait a minute. Where didn't my trade go through? Is he already surging? And I've been outbid? Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I have to go. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. What happened? Oh, boy. Edge of of our seat action right here. Oh, it's okay. Something's wrong with predicted. That's fine. That's fine. Oh, I see. Okay. You know what? There's not something wrong with predicted. There was something wrong with my interpretation of what I was seeing. Oh, that's that's not edge of our seat. That's normal. We're everybody everything's great. Mm. CPAC, anything else of note? Ted Cruz showed up. He gave an amazing speech yelling about freedom, fresh off his triumphant return from Mexico to the United States, handed out about six bottles of water in an empty parking lot, crushing it on on every level of optics flew immediately to CPAC and yelled about freedom. That's all I know about CPAC. And the the House members' votes are going to count even though they flagrantly lied about about being absent because of COVID concerns. Madison Cawthorn, everybody's at North Carolina, proud son of North Carolina and everyone's favorite new shining face among the grand old party, Madison Cawthorn, the bad boy, the little stinker, (laughs) who said in a tweet, only wimps don't show up to vote. We should always show up to vote. And then he submitted, then he voted by proxy because he had to go to fucking Florida and fuck around at this fucking conference. Madison Cawthorn, oh my God, son, I think a reckoning is coming for you. You built your career on a tower of lies. Now it's gonna come and you'll realize that you ain't shit. And you're not good enough to represent the proud people of Western North Carolina. All right, that song sucked. Is there a reckoning going to come, though? They're counting the votes, aren't they? What, what's the reckoning? Where's the reckoning? I see no reckoning. Madison Cawthorn, I think, is going to get a lot. I mean, there are already starting to be articles about his, um, I don't know what we say, uh, uns- unsavory reputation mm-hmm. in college. Um 
vis-a-vis uh, women, I guess he preyed upon or harassed or just acted disgusting to. And then also, uh, like, what is his job? Like, what is his career? What are his credentials? He lied about being accepted to the Air Force Academy. Well, lying seems like, that seems consistent. But he's not the only one who lied about CPAC. There were a bunch of them. Madison Cawthorn is the only one I pay attention to. But they've still counted the votes. They shouldn't have. If you if you fully lie about why you can't be there in a documented way, in a way where you're televised for lying, then oh, then your vote should be invalid, and, and mm-hmm. you shouldn't. Oh, yeah. I see what you're saying. Oh, I'm sure lots of people have given false reasons why they didn't show up to the House floor to vote, but this one was we watched the excuse. I see what you mean. Right. Be proven false. You blew your own alibi on live television. When Ferris Bueller didn't show up to school, he wasn't, well, I guess he was, he actually was caught in the parade on TV, but he didn't mean for that to happen. Are you saying Madison Cawthorn is the Ferris Bueller of the GOP? (laughs) I guess that's what I just said. Because Ferris Bueller, when you think about it, was kind of an, he was kind of a little shit, I have to, when I reevaluate that. And I say that because I've spent my entire life haunted by the fact that when I was a teenager, everybody told me that I looked like Ferris Bueller's friend. And so I've always had it in for that movie because a Cameron, Cameron in the Ferrari. Remember that guy, his son, a maladjusted son of rich parents who have a Ferrari and they drive it off? You didn't look like that. That's what everyone said on the MYF beach trip when we all watched Ferris Bueller. Yeah, I do remember them saying that. Yeah. You didn't like that. No. You look, I think you actually look more like him now. Which is not a bad thing. He's in Succession. Now that he's on Succession, I can get with that. That's a great show. That show's so much better than I thought it would be. I was gobsmacked once I got into it. Yeah. Alan Ruck, come on Election Profit Makers. Let's talk about being tall men with tiny eyes, beady eyes, how we make the most of our deficits when it comes to the peepers. That would be a good get, Alan Ruck. That would be an incredible get. Yeah. He's welcome. Speaking of our bodies and their shortcomings— Later this week, beloved listeners, is the one-year anniversary of my last haircut. Days before John and I got on the cruise ship to go on the Joko Nerd Cruise, I got my final haircut. Little did I know at the time, I did not think it would be my final haircut. I thought I would enjoy countless haircuts in the months ahead. But things turning out as they have, March 5th, 2020 was the last time I had my hair professionally cut. To this day, it has grown into full flower. So let me ask you. Yes, John. I can see that your hair is very long, but have you measured it? They say it grows a half an inch every month, so your hair should be about six inches long at this point. I have no way of knowing how long my hair is because I, I don't understand the, how I would measure it, and I haven't the slightest interest in measuring it. With a ruler. From where? Like, what do I measure? Well, from the t- top of your head— and then you pull the hair out straight. Yeah. And then you see that it's, you know, six or eight. It was probably like two or three inches long on top. But all the different all the different sides of my head have different lengths of hair. Yeah. And I'm asking you to measure every single one and then do an average. No, just measure the top and give me one. I'm going to go get a ruler. Thank you. We'll do it live on mic. It'll be Let's do it riveting. Live. I'll be right back. Fuck it. <laughs> Good one. All right, here we go. I have to take off my headphones if I'm supposed to measure it from the top of my head, right? Yeah. Not, not a lot of sound when it comes to measuring. Very silent, a very silent task. It says nine inches. Yeah, that's what I would have said. <laughs> it was probably three inches on top before, and so it's probably grown about six inches because that's about average. Okay, so that tracks. Sounds about right. I, I'm, I, I'm probably pretty normal when it comes to stuff like that. Growth. 
Friends, have we reached the end of the honeymoon phase with President Joe Biden? Let's review some of the dispiriting or concerning events of the past two weeks. We've had some bombings in Syria. We have the decision not to punish the Saudis for the murder of Jamal Khashoggi, journalist. We have the child detention facilities still going. We have student loans. He's not canceling this. He's not canceling this student debt the way. My friends in the student debt cancellation community want him to handle that. We have the stimulus check going down to fourteen hundred from two thousand. And then there's the issue of the fifteen dollar minimum wage, friends. Mm-hmm. This was introduced as part of the COVID relief package of one point nine trillion dollars, which, as we know, is moving to the Senate this week to be voted on. The Senate parliamentarian. The legendary figure who wields more raw power in Washington, D.C. than any other single individual other than the statue of a seated Abraham Lincoln. Mm -hmm. The Senate parliamentarian said $15 minimum wage could not be a part of the COVID relief bill. As we all know, Vice President Kamala Harris has the authority to overrule the Senate parliamentarian, which members of the Bush administration did when they fired the Senate parliamentarian back in his administration because she or he didn't want them to do something. I can't remember what it was. Biden administration has decided to respect precedent, respect the institution of the Senate, and obey the Senate parliamentarian. They will not insist on the $15 minimum wage being a part of the COVID relief bill. Now, some of you say, some of you living in Northampton will say, this is all a moot point, and don't be upset at the Senate parliamentarian, because without the votes of Senators Cinema and Manchin, you wouldn't have gotten the $15 minimum wage through the bill anyway. And who knows, maybe those two Democratic senators would have torpedoed the entire bill. To which I say, you grow up. If Chuck Schumer, first of all, Chuck, if Chuck Schumer can't whip those two senators into voting for this fucking minimum wage that everybody in America loves and everybody in America loves this freaking COVID bill, then what is Chuck Schumer doing in his job? And second of all, and here's where we get to the thing I wanted to say, if you guys will indulge me. Okay, I came up with a comprehensive analogy to what's going on with the Biden administration vis-a-vis bipartisanship and institutionalism. And the analogy is one of effects pedals. And I'm just going to say this now to everyone out there who loves pedals, and you will truly resonate with this analogy. Think of the 1.9 trillion COVID relief bill as a boost pedal. This is a classic overdrive boost pedal. It is supposed to take the signal of the U.S. economy and boost it into overdrive. That's what we all voted for. We all voted for President Biden to stomp on this pedal, get it hooked up to the amplifier, stomp on this pedal, and let's rock and roll. Let's boost this signal, right? Because our clean tone right now fucking sucks. America's clean tone sucks right now. We need help right now. We need that boost. Joe Biden gets elected saying, once I get elected, I'm going to plug in this boost pedal. This is like a tube screamer with the TS-808 with the original chip. Not a Tronics. Not a Tronics. Nobody wants that Tronics, crappy-ass Tronics pedal, John. You have to let it go. It's not a legit pedal. Every time I search for it on Reverb.com, I get no results. I think it was a figment of our high school imagination. I think we invented that pedal in our minds. Now, Biden shows up saying, I'm the, I'm the king of bipartisanship. I'm going to make peace with all my friends, the Republicans, and we're going to get so much stuff done. Bipartisanship. Yay, we can all be friends. And let's remember that this relief bill passed the House with no Republican votes. Not a single Republican representative None. voted for this bill. None. None whatsoever. Patriots. True patriots. And there's no indication that any Republican senators are going to vote for this bill. So, so I was thinking like, 
Joe Biden showed up saying he was going to be the bipartisan president, right? That that was one of his strengths. He could work with the other side. He basically said, I'm going to govern in stereo. And here's where the full poetry of my analogy is starting to hit all the listeners. We've got the left channel and we've got the right channel. We've got a binaural signal here. It's going to be in full stereo and it's going to be terrific and it's going to help us pass strong legislation that everybody can get behind. But to everyone out there who knows a thing about pedals, let me just ask you one simple question. What happens when you try to plug a stereo input jack into a pedal? What happens when you take a tip ring sleeve, two channel plus ground stereo instrument cable and plug it into an effects pedal? I'll tell you what happens. Reverb. Feedback. Nothing. Because it doesn't complete the signal chain, and in most cases, the pedal won't even turn on. I can't tell you how many times I've been doing my little bleep bloop experiments, and I take an eighth-inch jack to a quarter-inch stereo jack because I want to run an old Walkman line out into, like, a delay pedal or whatever to make it sound like I'm on Mars. And the pedal won't turn it on. I can't figure it out why, and I go into an absolute panic, and then I realize it's because this is a tip-ring sleeve stereo jack. Some pedals just don't work with bipartisan cables. You've got to just ram through the mono cable, just get that signal in one channel and send it through the pedal and worry about the stereo imaging afterwards. So that's the first thing. Biden showed up with the exact wrong cables for this job. Second of all, now this is when we have to open up the pedal and really look inside the pedal. Joe, basically, Joe Biden showed up saying he was the bipartisan king. He could work with anybody. He can't even fucking get these two Democratic senators to sign on to his shit. How's he going to work with Republicans? He can't even get Chris's sentiment, Joe Manchin, to sign on to it. Where's the bully public? Why isn't he rocking and rolling across their faces all day long? Because he could pass everything he wanted if he could just get West Virginia and Arizona's Democratic senators on board. You think people in West Virginia don't want a $15 minimum wage? So we have to think of Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema. They are two huge resistors within the signal flow of this pedal. Right, John? I see you smiling through that beard, mm -hmm. right? You're the one with the white beard, but I'm the one with the wisdom right now. Isn't that uh, interesting? Yeah. You look like the wise old sage, but I'm the one who's spitting fire from the, from the <laughs> ancients right now. We have two resistors within this boost pedal. We're trying to boost this economy and boost this signal. We've got one resistor, Kristen Sinema. We've got another resistor, Joe Manchin. And it just seems to me that Chuck Schumer and Joe Biden and everybody else have taken just kind of as like a given, well, there's nothing we can do. Those two are a couple weirdos. They're drunk on power. They just want to be the center of attention and they're going to shut down the signal flow. So if, if they're not happy, we don't get anything through this damn pedal. People have assumed that these resistors are set and that these are like classic resistors that are little tubes and they have a bunch of little stripe bands on them and you have to read the colors on the stripes to decode how many ohms of resistance are within the resistor. But I say to you, Joe Biden as you start to plug in all your pedals. We're all over, standing over your shoulder, looking over your shoulder at your pedal board, Joe Biden, looking at all these pedals. Oh, is that the original blah, blah, blah? Oh, you got that one? Is that as good as the digital one? Those two resistors are not set. They are variable. Those are potentiometers. You can work those knobs, Kristen Sinema and Joe Manchin. If you have a pot and it's not turning or it's scratchy, Joe Biden, Chuck Schubert, what do you do? You don't give up and say, oh, I guess it's just stuck wherever it lands on. I guess that's where it's going to. No, you go out and you buy contact cleaner, not WD-40. No, 
Don't use WD-40. You buy proper contact cleaner. You open up the pedal. You, you find the exposed bottom part of the potentiometer. You find a little slit, and you spray your contact cleaner in there. And Why then not you turn WD-40? the knob back and forth. John, I'm not done. I'm still describing how you clean a potentiometer. All right. You move the knob back and forth until the wiper is clean, and you've, and you've created conductivity again. Right. And then what you thought was a fixed resistor is actually a variable resistor. Uh. And that's what Chuck Schumer should be doing. That's what Joe Biden should be doing. They need to be working these two knobs, Kristen Sinema and Joe Manchin. <laughs> is there a knob that if you fix one, it works, the other one is fixed? Because I now think Kristen Sinema, her strategy is to like stand out. She's following Joe Manchin's um, example. Right. And because otherwise she would just blend in. We wouldn't be talking about her. We wouldn't know who she is. And it's very effective what he's doing. Like, all we do is talk about Joe Manchin. We love talking about Joe Manchin now. He's so undeserving of how much we talk about him. <laughs> and so I think she is taking a page from well, him. Well, like I don't she, know if I agree because I'm not sure it's just that Joe Manchin is the one that made Kristen Cinema decide to do this. Why? I feel like, she, well, why, why blame him? Like, she probably would have done it even without him. Why? I don't think so. I don't know. He's got so much power. You, When we were talking to Bill, like, no one seemed to be able to make heads or tails of her. She's got to distinguish herself, and this is the only way. You think what we have here is a pedal where we have— Oh, this is it. I'm going to add this to my analogy, Starly. Starly, what you're saying is we have a pedal with two knobs on it, and unbeknownst to everyone, those two knobs are actually doing the same thing. Well, if you can fix one, they're connected. So uh, they yeah, like, right. If you can fix one, they're the linked. other one will move, too. Yeah, they're linked. Like optocouplers. Man, building this pedal this week with these octocouplers. Okay, so Joe Man, if she bowed out, I could see him standing his ground. But if yeah. he went along with a bill, I can't imagine Christian Cinema being like, no, I'm going to be the lone holdout. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, so he's got the, he's the big knob. She's a little He's knob. giving her cover. Yeah. They are a two-knob united front when it comes to the minimum wage and also when it comes to eliminating the filibuster. Starly, I know what it is. They're wired in parallel. Mm, That's yep. what it is. They're wired in parallel. That's what it is. Okay. So my my take is it's playing well? I think it's playing. I'm not sure I agree with it, but it fits my analogy, so I have no complaints. <laughs> no complaints. <laughs> what about you, John? Do you think it's—what do you think of what I'm saying? I don't know. I think you guys are, are, are maybe forcing this analogy a little bit. That you, what? You, I'm not trying to, I'm not, mine's not in service of the analogy. I think this independently and then I'm trying to fold it into David's analogy, but I, I could take or leave the analogy. It's, okay, fair enough. All right, I think David is pushing the analogy too hard because I think he's trying to overcompensate for when he screwed up his pedal talk with Tommy Vidior from Pot Save America. Tommy Vidior, the human meteor? Is that who you're talking about? Yeah, that's who, that's who I'm talking about. And what I think did that's I screw up? I didn't about. screw up shit. That guy, I left that guy quaking in his boots after our Twitter exchange. No, you screwed something up. I did? Remember? <sighs> no, John, I don't remember things from week to week. We're in the middle of a pandemic. I don't even know the name of this podcast. You screwed up uh, that you thought the schematic was a certain type of pedal, and it wasn't. Oh, the fucking COVID chip, and it was a metal zone, and I said it was a heavy metal one. Yeah, and you were you were pretty adamant, and then you ended up looking silly, and I think that's why you're trying to overcompensate to make up for so that. So you're saying, just because I made one mistake, then that means there's a possibility that I would make a second mistake? No, 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 I don't think you're show, making a mistake. Show me your logic there. Show me your work. I don't think you're making a mistake right now. I just think you're— it is pretty indulgent. Wow. What's indulgent? That I made this amazing poetical analogy that's going to be written up on Reverb.com and yeah. the New York Times yes, and the New I Republic needed, and Guitar Player Magazine? I think you needed to fix your your 
broken ego from that earlier pedal mishap that happened. Wow. I don't know. I don't know. It's just a it's just a theory. Let me explain what happened. All right, fine, fine. I spent all fucking week building this. That's clear. Zeppelin Labs harmonic tremolo pedal, the Quaverado. This is a, a tremolo pedal I've always coveted, and they sell a DIY kit, and the real pedal's too expensive and sold out. So I was like, let me buy this kit. I'll solder it myself. I said, fuck it, I'll make it myself. <clears throat> And I knew I knew I had bit off more than I could chew. This is only the second pedal I've ever made. I spent all fucking week on it. And then right after we had our planning call yesterday, I went to go turn it on for the first time and the goddamn thing didn't even fucking work. And I have no idea what to do now. No idea. So yeah, I'm a little touchy about pedals right now. Maybe I am overcompensating mm. right now. Maybe I'm running a little hot. Maybe I need to turn down my gain knob a little. You could just admit your vulnerability. All right, I'm vulnerable. I'm, I'm, I, I don't know what happened with this pedal. I don't know what happened with this damn... Pedal I spent 50,000 hours trying to build. There you go. Oh. What do you mean, play us out? What? Nothing. Wait, Biden, why is he acting like this? Why did he do these things? <sighs> it's a little bit much for him to do them all the same week. A lot of it was last week, yeah. right? So, like, it's a, lo- it's a little bit much for him to do it all in a week. Like, he kind of, it was a grab bag of what you were worried about Biden doing. He He, he served it all up. Well, now, yeah, we're a month into his presidency. Like, things are happening. It's not just appointments or executive orders overturning Trump bullshit. You know, it's like things are happening now. They're, you know, they're signing legislation. They're drafting stuff. He did do one good thing. He came out and and uh, went after Amazon for their— Yeah, in Alabama for the union drive. Yeah. That was amazing. No president's ever done that. So. And that was a very intense, low-energy performance, if you care about stuff like that. It was not a chest-thumping— we're going to burn Amazon to the ground, unions forever, and then he sings the international or whatever. I mean, Biden is low energy these days, you know, just his, his he's, you know, an older guy and he speaks, chooses words carefully and whatnot, he's but died. it was still kind of thrilling. Like, you don't see presidents, Obama wouldn't have done that. Oh. Obama wouldn't have been like, leave them alone. Don't interfere with their union efforts. That was good. So we have to give Biden credit for that. I'm super willing to give Biden credit. I'm not looking, I'm not one of the people looking for right. reasons to, not give him credit. What I worry about much more for myself is that I want so badly to believe in him and believe that this is um, not just, that him being president was not just because we needed Trump out, but because he actually will do some good, that I might be blind to some things to, to, when, he, to when he messes up. This is when I'm starting to have to keep myself in check and read read beyond Twitter about what he did so that I know how I actually feel. Like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be all starry-eyed about him, but I also don't, I, I don't want to be knee-jerk about um, turning on him. That doesn't feel good at right. all. Well, the COVID, be- I mean, the COVID relief bill is a huge bill. And to Biden's credit, when he proposed $1.9 and the Republicans in the spirit of bipartisanship were like, mm, how about $600 billion? Biden was like, mm, bye-bye now. To his credit, and there's a lot of good stuff in this bill. Yeah, the COVID bill. I don't. It's not really what I'm referencing. I know the minimum wage sucks. I can't believe we're not willing to give people a minimum wage of fifteen dollars in this country. It, it blows my mind. I, I'll never understand it. I can't. I don't get it. Right. I don't get why anyone would fight against it. Just let them have it. I have, I have no problem. None of us should have any problem with it. It should be higher than even fifteen dollars. I don't understand. But it also seemed like we've been preparing for weeks for that not to go through, and that was already a thing that was tacked on that he was trying to sneak in there. So it's more the the Saudi Arabia, the bombing, the children detention center. Um, the student 
loan. Like, he just made a lot of strong statements that were, were his confidence in a certain, on some actions have uh, worried me. His, um, this is the right way to do it-ness has worried me on those on those things. I think the student debt jubilee where they just wipe out student debt is going to be a huge, very crystal clear case of the dynamic that I think all of us worry about, which is, is Joe Biden's reverence for tradition and institutions going to mean that he will never achieve the things he wants to achieve because the only way to achieve them is to do unprecedented things? And why does he say never? It was so um, declarative. Yeah, I think it's just that mindset of like, well, if we forgive this student loan, then how will people ever lend out money again? Just think of it as a fucking economic boost. Yeah, I think he's looking at it. He thinks that many of those people are that went to elite colleges. He's thinking that they're wealthy. And, and, and many of them are, but many of them aren't. Who cares? And again, it's the bundle. It's the bundle of, of the last few weeks. It's like individually, maybe you can, there's reasons for all of it. But when it starts stacking up, I start to feel concerned about my own elasticity when it comes to wanting to believe that our side are the good guys. Kind of reminds me of Andrew Cuomo a little bit because Andrew Cuomo is also facing some, um, some uh, what would we call it? Issues. Issues. Andrew Cuomo is facing mm-hmm. some issues. Bumps. Some bumps in the road for Andrew Cuomo. The market, will Andrew Cuomo be governor of New York at the end of the year? I don't know what to think about this market, but I will tell you that as of this afternoon, no is trading at a very high 48 cents. Wow. It's almost 50-50. It's a coin flip whether Andrew Cuomo will be governor of New York at the end of the year. Of course, we've had devastating news about hiding statistics about nursing home COVID deaths, Mm -hmm. harassing his critics, harassing female subordinates, a number of them. I mean, it's not looking good. The, the The harassing of the female subordinates is without a doubt the worst thing he's done. The covering up the nursing home stuff is terrible too. The mistakes he made with the nursing home, I think were mistakes that were made all across the country. You mean sending COVID patients back, back into the nursing into homes? The nur- Those were mistakes that were made in North Carolina by our governor and by in a lot of places. The problem with Cuomo is that he tried to cover it up. Well, did your governor write a book about <laughs> no, it? No, he did not. Cuomo would have been so pissed if Roy Cooper also wrote a book. <laughs> Lessons no. in leadership from COVID. Plus, I didn't harass anybody. Buy my book instead. Put them t- side by side at Barnes & Noble. Roy Cooper is much more humble than Cuomo. So, but the but but the idea that Cuomo is not going to be governor at the end of the year for me it feels like we're in a post resignation. You know, nobody resigns anymore anywhere. Mm. It's just nobody does. So he's not going to resign unless he gets impeached, which I guess is a possibility. I just don't ever see him resigning. Not in this new era. So, what? How would you play this market if it's fifty fifty though? What's the smart way to play this market? To buy, yes, he's going to be governor. Because I think people will be hypocritical and they'll be like, nah, we like him. We like him. I mean, I think he should resign. They don't like him that much, though. I mean, I don't think he's—I think he's going to be governor, too, but they don't like him that much. Um, we'll see. I, 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 um, I mean, people on Twitter don't like him. Elites definitely don't like him. People who live in Manhattan don't like him. Well, <laughs> those are the people that 
people in Manhattan seem like the people he needs to like him. But his polling isn't terrible. Not yet. So, but this just happened. So we'll see. I'm saying with Cuomo, it seemed like people didn't like him. Then he did a good job during COVID and that made people like him. Total Giuliani 9-11. Yeah, so if he if he if if it turned out he didn't do as good a job during COVID as they thought, it wasn't like he had natural likability. They liked him anyway. And then the likable governor also did a good job during COVID. The awkward governor that people didn't really like surprised them. And now it turned out to not have surprised them as much as they thought he had. So the, I don't think it's necessarily because they like him, he would stay in. I think it's just because it's hard. It would be hard to get him out. He's just going to stay. You know what? I think the smart way to play this is it's not to buy yes at 55. What you do, if you just want to ride waves, buy no at 46 because Tish James is going to investigate all this stuff, the Attorney General of New York. And there's probably going to be some super damaging thing or some revelation or some leaked phone call or more bullying emails that he sent to state assembly members or whoever. And then no will spike and then you ride the wave and hop off. And then you turn around and then you can buy yes. That's what I think will happen. Because you know some, some, there's some unseemly shit is going to come out once they start really looking at Governor Cuomo. I mean, come on, this guy, for Pete's sake. But I'm staying out of this market for now. That's another thing. I liked when I... I liked feeling good towards Cuomo during the pandemic. This is my. This is why I'm a danger. I'm a threat. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see clearly. I just want people to be good and kind and honest and decent and of their word. John Kimball is the only person who's like that. What do you mean? Just you're a good guy. Yeah. Um, but John Kimball has a bone to pick. And John Kimball, and this is going to be a brief segment, but it's important, and we didn't want to let the week go by without addressing it directly. This is straight from the Showbiz News Center out here in, in L.A., California. John is declaring war on Saturday Night Live, and John will be at long last the lone brave voice that brings that institution to its knees. A long overdue reckoning for a creaky, cranky wagon that the wheels have basically fallen off of. John, what is your beef with the storied institution, Saturday Night Live? I'm not I'm not going on the record of saying it's a creaky institution that's wheels have fallen off. I will. I'm a brave Hollywood truth teller. Okay. Kenan Thompson was playing LeVar Ball, whose son plays for the Charlotte Hornets. And he is a businessman and very brash and and talks a big game. So he was doing an imitation of him. And in the process, he talked about how he played for the storied Charlotte Hornets from Charlotte, North Carolina. He referred to it as the gateway to Gastonia. Incredible. And the regional banking capital of the world. That was a good joke. Yeah, that was a good joke. Yeah, I think he also referenced the Mecklenburg County Fair. He mentioned Mecklenburg County by name. Yes, he did. I could not believe when, when one of the North Carolina Twitter nerds I follow on Twitter retweeted it, I couldn't believe that I was hearing the words Mecklenburg County on the soundstage of Saturday Night Live, which is an old musty wagon. Was that not exciting? Yeah, that's exciting. But 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 Mecklenburg County is a huge county. It's a county, there's 1.2 million people live in Mecklenburg County. It's one of the biggest counties in the country. So it's not that big of a deal, but they were ripping on Charlotte pretty hard, making it look like a pretty terrible place to live, don't you think? They were making it sound like Buntner yeah. or Fuquay Varina or something. Here we go. Like Mecklenburg County. Nobody's ever heard of this dipshit county. Yeah. <sighs> it was pretty funny, honestly. I'm amazed Madison Cawthorn hasn't sent out 20 press releases about that by now. 
That's low-hanging fruit for him. Someone from Charlotte must work on the writing staff. I mean, the Gateway to Gastonia line got no laugh from the New York City crowd. They had <laughs> no idea what that meant. Uh, but everybody in North Carolina loved that line. Yep. And we've talked about Gastonia on this podcast before because it is the birthplace of... James Worthy. And... Eric Sleepy Floyd. There you go. I'll be a Hollywood truth teller about the Golden Globes. Wait, no, the world's not ready for that yet. Don't we, Starly? You were just talking about how we need things to believe in. We've we've had we've had the scales have fallen from our eyes for Joe Biden and Andrew Cuomo. You can't tell me anything bad about my precious Golden Globes. Not this week. I hold them in too high regard. I'm a member of the creative community, and I look to the Golden Globes as my north star for integrity and celebrating a diversity of artistic expression. I can't bear to hear anything. Can't stop me. I want to hear it. No, I don't want to hear can't it. Can't silence. Me. I don't want to hear. I mustn't. I mustn't hear it. I'm taking off my headphones. I won't bear it. Can you guys? Because you're in the business. See, I'm not in the business, so I could. I can trash the Golden Globes. I think. I think everyone should have said no. I think the having it both ways, of everyone calling it sham awards before the awards happen, and then having. Amy Poehler and Tina Fey come on and make jokes that it's not good and they know it's too white and they know it's not real, um, but still doing it and still having the award ceremony and everything carrying on from that point on like normal, you can't have it both ways. It's not a great look. No, yeah. Like, I don't care. That was even worse. I, w- I would have preferred they didn't do that at all. It's just very cynical and it, it's it's— disingenuous and or cynical to be like, yeah, we're hosting this thing. We know it's a piece of shit. We're going to joke about it. I don't know, but isn't that what roasts are like? Like, I remember going to a roast once and they were roasting somebody and then somebody was, as part of the roast, was like saying like some pretty, like, oh, this isn't just, this isn't a roast. Like, this is a bad person. Like, mm. what what is the dynamic here? But this, this was damage control. This yeah, was right. like, they I wouldn't see, have yeah. had those jokes if they hadn't pushed it so far this year and people hadn't had enough. So then they had to like recruit people we trust to be like, yeah, yeah, we know, we know, we know. It's like, what do they call it? Greenwashing when a big polluter hires PR people to, so they can put on some little fake eco initiative. This is like joke washing where they, yeah. where they have hosts who make knowing jokes about how problematic the institution is as if that ironic self-awareness is actual change represents actual change of the institution. Greenwashing, like AOC Green. Oh, speaking of incredible jokes, you know what? If Mike Pompeo isn't the 2024 Republican president, presidential candidate, maybe he could be head writer for SNL and he could do, he could write more immortal jokes. God damn, what a master. It's like watching Charlie Mingus. Did it get a laugh or was it like the gateway to Gastonia, no laugh? I didn't hear a huge laugh, but I might have just been watching the direct feed from the board because I only listen to comedy albums. I always want to, I insist on having the board feed so I can EQ the albums myself and add my own custom reverb depending on what, it's what size hall I want to hear them in. Uh-huh. That wasn't John's only brush with celebrity this weekend, was it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, John, you did. You had a big weekend. John I mean, was crushing it this weekend. Yeah, heady times for me. I, I, <laughs> I was... Uh, I think Saturday night, I was getting ready to go to bed. and um, Ooh, both on Saturday nights. Two Saturday, Saturday night. night was fucking yeah. huge for, for Long John Silver. Yeah. I went to sleep, and or I was getting ready to go to bed, and all of a sudden, my phone just started bing, 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 ding, ding. All these notifications going off on a tweet 
not an amazing tweet. I just tweeted something about um, Pence at CPAC a year ago talking about how COVID was not a big threat and that if it did turn into a threat, they had it under control. And then I, I just wrote that he nailed it. And uh, apparently Chris Hayes retweeted it. Then a bunch of other people retweeted it. It was really exciting for me. You know, I don't have that many Twitter followers. So when I get a big, big retweet like that. Everybody listening to this podcast needs to follow John on Twitter. At you don't John have Kimball. No H in John. That's J-O-N-K-I-M-B-A-L-L. John Kimball, your source for breaking media domain politics, all that good news, UNC basketball, statistics, demography, elevation, skyline, intel, Mm -hmm. John Kimball on Twitter. It's a must follow. It gets the full election profit makers seal of approval. I won't let you down. Thank you. You have a disproportionate amount of followers considering your breadth of influence. I mean, you made it already all the way to like influencing Saturday Night Live weekend update jokes. <laughs> they probably were, yeah, they probably never heard of Mecklenburg County until they heard John. Yeah. Let's do some listener questions. Barry from Milwaukee says, what are the top 40 unique buildings, a la the St. Louis Arch, that define a city's skyline? I can't name 40. Off the top, go now. 40? This is Barry. He's talking about that amazing art museum in Milwaukee. I can't remember the name because I don't have the email in front of me. It's, a, it's, the, it's the wonderful museum with the wings on it that open and close like sail. Like the airship, actually, in Mortal Engines. If you're interested in knowing what I'm talking about, you can subscribe to Patreon to listen to our new episode of APM Movie Club, Skylines on the Move, where we discuss Mortal Engines. 40 is too many. You know, you've got, you've got the egg in Albany. You've got uh, the the arch in St. Louis. I think you have the uh, that convention center in Kansas City is kind of cool. You got a little something called the Eiffel Tower in a city known as Paris, which is where Emily is. If you've ever seen mm-hmm. the Golden Globes, you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. You got the Sun Sphere in Knoxville. You know, 1982 World's Fair. There's one. Transamerica Building Pyramid in San Francisco. Okay, I'm sorry. Breaking news on my phone. I'm sorry to interrupt. Speaking of Cuomo. A woman described an unsettling encounter with Governor Andrew Cuomo of New York at a wedding. This just came in. Yeah, this just this push okay. alert I just got. The account comes as an inquiry. Uh, the account comes as an inquiry into his behavior is starting. So now I'm going to the Cuomo market. Let's take a look. Let's see if there's movement. Oh my gosh! Really? It's Whoa. shooting up. Whoa! Whoa! He's da- it's down oh, to thirty-five cents. Twenty-three cent drop. What do I do? What do I do? Buy yes. Buy yes. That he is going to be governor. I'm going to buy in, too. I'm going to buy. Maybe yes. even wait for it to drop more. I'm in. I am did it. I did it. 100 Whoa. shares. F it. Should I wait, John? <sighs> that was exciting. I don't know. I like to act fast and then re- regret it later. 34. What did you buy it at, David? Uh, I bought 100 shares at 34. 30 at 39. Oh, wait. No, I didn't. I didn't. They didn't get filled. F it. F it. FML. 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 It didn't get filled. I was too quick. 36. Too slow. John, what do I do? What do I do? Just put a bid in for 34. I put in 35. It's at 36 right now. Man, I'm glad I didn't buy yes at 50 or whatever. Yeah. I was, yeah. Oh, I keep, it's, it's, I can't catch up with the price. I know it's at 39 again. Because you and I, David, are probably, are probably, Oh, a couple of whales out here. A 43. Yeah, there's, but there's a big spread right now. People, there, people are, the bid, there's a bid, big spread between the bid and the ask. It's 43 and, and 38. So. I mean, how did that go up so quickly? That was so fast. Back up to 43. 
No, it's just that people overreacted, and then a bunch of people did exactly what we Everyone did. Everyone else is recording a political betting market podcast at this very second? Yes. It's just breathless, breathless with anticipation and greed. Now it's back up to 40. Let's move on briefly to pedal connections. This is what I have to say about missed pedal connections and the EPM pedal community. I have decided to create a database slash Excel spreadsheet of all pedal requests and desires, and I will be sharing that with listeners as it becomes available. But for now, I will no longer be reading, and it might just be for this one episode, I will no longer be reading pedal missed connections. What I'm going to do is try to directly contact or, or at least create a clearinghouse of pedal desired pedals and what people are willing to trade for those pedals. And if we ever get our Discord up and running, I would say that there's going to be a lot of human uh, there's going to be a lot of human misconnections and pedal misconnections available on that Discord. So apparently there is a unofficial Discord that is out there already, and uh, I can tell you that I joined it and I get pinged every once on it every once in a while on it. We need to take it over or shut it down. Yes. You're like the Senate parliamentarian, John. I thought you were on top of this. You need to be shutting down that institution and making sure it follows the rules. Well, whoever is responsible for that, if they're listening, maybe they could reach out to me. I thought Beckett was helping you. I thought you were mastering Discord as we speak. I'm on Discord. I wouldn't say I'm mastering it. I master Twitter. Okay, well, that's great. I don't know if you've I don't know if you've mastered Twitter if you haven't managed to get more followers without us. Oh, <laughs> yeah. wow, okay. Sally, the gloves enough. come off. Assassinating John over here with these zingers. Can I tell you that Cuomo is back up to 48 cents? So boy, was that quick and we didn't get in on it. We tried. We tried. We tried. We were there. It's very difficult to be recording a podcast and also trading at the same time. And you're also setting up your Discord server, but you think it's Twitter. So it's like, it's just a really hard, it's a really fine needle to thread. Also, you're perfecting your pedal analogy because you're because according to your co-host, you're carrying around all this deep-seated, unacknowledged shame about your one error you've ever made about pedals in your whole life. It's freaking emotionally wrecked from this episode. <laughs> Election Profit Makers, I should mention before we go, is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Rich Corson, and Daniel Powell. Please support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash electionprofitmakers. If you sign up at the $10 a month level, you get stickers. I do enjoy sending out these EPM stickers to our $10 Patreons. At any level, you get access to our monthly special episodes. Our most recent episode, Skylines on the Move. Send your election prediction questions to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. We still have our wonderful relationship with predictit.org. You can go to predictit.org slash promo slash EPM20. Sign up. You can receive up to $20 in matching funds if you want to chase this Cuomo wave or get in on former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo being the next Republican candidate for president based on nothing but his incredible repertoire of zingers. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify or wheresoever you get your podcasts, including Overcast. Subscribe to the show so you can get the show as quickly as possible. Don't forget to follow at John Kimball on Twitter. That's John with no H. The word is out. John's name is spelled J-O-N-K-I-M-B-A-L-L. I'm David. I'm taking my leave of this podcast for the week. 
I'll say goodbye to my co-host, Starly. Bye. And I'll also say goodbye to John. Goodbye, John. Goodbye.